Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. All right, welcome to our final installment in this mini six-part series on God and government, particularly Christian government. I am your host, Pastor Joel Webin, with Right Response Ministries. I've been dialoguing back and forth with Pastor Toby Sumter. He's uh, recently, in the past few months, written a 50-question catechism on God and government. This is the final installment, our sixth episode, where we offer our concluding thoughts over the whole series. Applying God's Word to every aspect of life. This is Theology Applied. All right, welcome to our final installment in this mini six-part series. We're going over Toby Sumter's 50-question catechism on governments. And so this is the final one. The first episode is our introduction. The the second episode is the self-government. Third episode is the family government. Fourth episode is the church government. Fifth episode is the uh, civil government. This is our sixth episode now. Uh, Really with just um, some final conclusion uh, questions and answers and our final thoughts. So Toby, let's go ahead and just go through the questions. We're picking up with uh, question number 45. Will you, you start us off? Yes, sir. Question 45, when were all these governments established by God? They were established at creation in the Garden of Eden before sin entered the world. The fall of man affected the way these governments function, but it did not create them. Question number 46, may these governments decide to take on new assignments or jurisdictions? Answer, no. Because these governments derive their authority from the Lord Jesus, they cannot take on new assignments or jurisdictions without relinquishing their authority since they would be disobeying Christ. 47. What does it mean that these governments have separate powers or spheres? The separation of powers means that each government must only exercise its authority in the limited jurisdiction assigned to it by God. Civil governments may not regulate how or when the church gathers for worship, or how families provide for themselves or educate their children. Neither may parents take to themselves the authority over the sacraments, and the church may not legislate or execute criminal justice. Question number 48. Are there not times when one government is abusing its authority and another government may legitimately intervene? Answer. Yes. For example, when a crime as defined by scripture has been committed in a family or church, civil government must intervene. Likewise, when a family or civil government is in unrepentant sin, ministers of the church must teach, exhort, rebuke, and censure. 49. Are there cases of overlapping jurisdictions or authority? Yes, there are occasional instances where there may be legitimate overlap in jurisdiction. In those cases of overlapping authority, governments must protect their God-given jurisdictions vigorously and work through the challenges respecting other governments as equals before God. And question number 50, will all of these governments last forever? Answer, no. While individuals in Christ have everlasting life and the nations will bring their glory into the new Jerusalem, these governments along with marriage and family will be transfigured into something far more glorious. And it is the church alone as the bride of Christ that will last forever. Forever and amen. All right, Toby, um, let's, we're going to make this a shorter episode. Just give me your big 30,000 foot view thoughts. What, what, what are, what's your, what are you trying to say in these final questions? Yeah. Um, 
Here's number one um, from question 45, just establishing that I, I do believe that these these uh, governments were established in creation in sort of seed form. Obviously, the family government is the most obvious one in, right. in the Garden of Eden. You have a man and he's given a wife. So I would say that's certainly at the forefront. It's That's why it is the foundation of human society. And um, But I also believe that at the same time, we're told by Paul explicitly um, that even in that first marriage, God was also prefiguring the church, Christ and his bride. Mm. Um, there, there was, in that first marriage, was the first church community, uh, mm. the first gathering of, of human beings uh, in the presence of God. Um, and then thirdly, I think you um, obviously have um, the, um, the command to rule, take dominion of all of creation. I think that applies both to individual human beings. Adam and Eve were um, commanded by God uh, to, to rule. Um, they were also to do this as a family. Um, but I think inevitably, as they are fruitful and they are multiplying, that would have also implied a, a kind of civil government, uh, even in an unfallen world. So um, I think it's important to note that just because I don't think those governments are afterthoughts. Uh, um, there are some within kind of a Christian libertarian um, worldview that believe um, and there's even sometimes they'll even call themselves Christian um, anarchists. Um, and they don't mean by that, um, you know, necessarily chaos, you know, mob rule. Um, what they mean is they believe that civil government was only instituted because of the fall. And as um, human beings are, you know, progressively sanctified, civil government should be going away, going right. away, going away. Um, and I want to argue, no, I, th I think I think a good bit of it was instituted because of the fall. Uh, punishment of criminals, obviously, but I think the establishment of equal weights and measures would have been needed regardless. That's right. Um, yeah, I just had an informal debate with a Lutheran minister. We, you know, we went into a studio and, and recorded and everything like that. And uh, but yeah, so even within Lutheran thought, you know, he he was, you know, he, they believe that the civil matters that that sphere came into play only because of sin and that it came after the garden. So they would say the church and the family. They'd agree with you on the church. Right. They'd say yeah. that's established in the garden pre-sin, uh, but the civil magistrate is only uh, to punish evil and it comes into play after sin. And I and I disagreed with him. But. Right. Yeah. So I think I think some uh, measure, even in a perfect world, there would have been some need for organizational uh, organization of human society, and and it would have been a very tiny office. I agree in that sense. Like mm -hmm. without sin, it would have been a very very small role. But I think um, you know organizing um, uh, how society uh, works in the public square would have still been something needed. What side of the road problem. do we drive on? Yeah, it, it would have been a pretty boring job probably, but nevertheless um, would have been would have been needed. So that's one thing I'm trying to do there. And then the last, I think the other thing I'm primarily trying to do is just um, acknowledge that um, there are um, these spheres, but that um, uh, they they do there are legitimate times when they intervene, and there are times when there is real um, I would just say overlap or or just challenging um, uh, issues uh, where they have to work things out. Um, and I think the um, probably the the key one that needs I think most people understand that if obviously if there's a shooting in a church, um, you you know the, the civil magistrate needs to intervene. There's been a crime committed. Uh, most people understand that uh, and get that. Um, I think the overlapping one is the hardest hardest one probably. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and this might be something um, you know I think we um, we've we've run into that some I think with 
um, COVID, at least the question of it, even if it wasn't an actuality as much overlapping as we might have originally thought. But for example, um, in a true bubonic plague, um, if, you know, if, if we really are, you know, talking about 50% mortality rates and, you know, this kind right. of thing and the bodies are piling up, um, I do think you have a situation where the civil magistrate does have some legitimate concern with that uh, for public health. Um, and I also think you have family government um, that's still in charge of health and, and, and medical care and church government that's still in charge of making sure people are getting to church and worshiping. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I can imagine in a scenario like that where you really are going to have, you do have legitimate interest of all three governments mm-hmm. and there really is overlapping jurisdictions there. And, and, my, and, the, and I, this is not like a, you know, silver bullet answer. But the thing that I want to insist on is even in that scenario, you don't relinquish everything to the civil government. Yes. Yeah. You, you recognize that the civil government has a legitimate concern here, but you also stand there firmly and say, but I also have a legitimate concern here as the father of my family or as the pastor of my church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's why I say, um, even in those cases, this is question 49, the governments must protect their God-given jurisdictions vigorously and work through the challenges respecting other governments as equals before God. Um, the family government is equal before God and stands shoulder to shoulder with the civil government and the church government does likewise. Um, uh, one example of this, that le- or at least potential example, I, I didn't do a ton of digging in it, but when the uh, COVID stuff was first coming down, I read a little bit about the Spanish flu um, right, right. early part of the 20th century, which was much, much higher mortality rate um, and struck um, young people in particular um, mm-hmm. very badly. Um, and uh, I, th- I believe it was in Washington, D.C., where the civil magistrate um, asked the churches if they would um, close down for a few weeks. Yeah, and it, wasn't it like three weeks that the churches closed down for? Yeah, I think something it. like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was short, much shorter. Um, but the thing that I just wanted to underline is they asked. Mm-hmm. They did not command. Right. They did not mandate, they did not order. And I think that's because at least a hundred years ago, the civil, civil magistrates of Washington, D.C. understood they didn't have the authority that's right. to command. They had a legitimate concern for health, mm-hmm. but they had to ask the other government um, in, the, in the same way that like, you know, you would, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't, you don't just order around another family's kids. You ask the parents. You know, is it okay for them to do this? And, you know, I'm, I was thinking about requiring them to do this. Is that okay with you? You mm-hmm. respect that, that, um, that authority of, of, of another set of parents. Um, uh, so we need to return to that and guard the distinctions vigorously, guard our jurisdictions vigorously, not relinquish those things easily. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's in that that freedom is preserved. Christian freedom, Christian liberty is preserved as we guard the the jobs that God has given us. And it's as these other governments, particularly the church and the family, have relinquished relinquished their jurisdictions and and the the jobs that were given to them, the commands they were given to them by Jesus, that the state has just sucked that all up and become this overarching um, and the state it's it, the state is always going to be the leviathan in this equation of the three for um not just because the state is uniquely evil you know that there, there's plenty of evil fathers in the family and there are plenty of false churches and th- so it's but 
but it's it's the nature of the state and and the tool that's been given to the state, namely the sword. Everything the state does, it does at gunpoint. So the state, one of the reasons fathers relinquish authority, it's sin and it's wicked. Um, but but in order for fathers to carry out uh, their responsibilities, <clears throat> they have to protect and they have to provide, which means that a father has to work, right? In order for churches to carry out their responsibilities, um, they have to persuade with the sword of the spirit. They actually have to persuade um, and cut men um, to the heart cut men to the heart with preaching and sacrament in such a way that people would give to the church so that the church now has resources, but not but not taxes, but don- donations, that people free will offerings uh, that they can use to carry out those responsibilities of ministering to the poor and these kinds of things, the widow and the orphan. Whereas the state, the reason the state is always so um, likely to become out of these three governments of home, church, and state, the one that's going to take on the most responsibility is because it's easy for them to take on the most. Now they do it poorly, uh, but it's easy for them to overstep their jurisdiction in terms of responsibility because they can also point the gun at people's head and say, give us the resources to do it. Right. So they could like, Oh, well, we'll take care of the poor uh, incomes, welfare, and they can just raise taxes and shoot anybody in the head who, who doesn't pay. Whereas like, I can't do that as a minister. I can't say, Hey, we, we want to take care of all the poor people in town. Um, so all of you guys need to tithe 90%. I can't, you know what I mean? And like a father can't do that at home. He can only work. He only has so many hours a week to work and those kinds of things. So. You know, you know, Joel. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it was at the very end of this series that I finally we can finally argue about something because I'm going to oh. disagree with you. Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, for for uh, a, at least 500 years, the Roman Catholic Church was the Leviathan. Mm, right, right. You're right. Uh, I, I, I think, I think it, it's, it certainly is the case right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it certainly seems to us because of this, because of the sword that they, they can wield um, that power. And I think it's played into what we've done, what's happened all around us. But I actually think in the history of the world, we've seen examples of all three governments um, over overextend their bounds. Can you give um, me a family? You're absolutely right about Roman Catholicism. I can't believe I missed that as a. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think basically in what you have in um, various tribal countries, like okay. African tribal countries is family gone um, to seed. Gotcha. Um, it's a and it's oftentimes connected with uh, polygamy. Um, but you just have you, you, you tr- what tribalism is is family government um, metastasizing mm. um, and and being overweening. Um, it's controlling everything, gotcha. and everything goes back up to the patriarch of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. I think or the matriarch. So, so sometimes oh, I think sure. of like like sure. Hispanic. Uh, culture a lot of times it's it's mama sure yeah go ahead. but i think in those um when it's i mean in some you know african cultures uh justice like punitive justice is carried out by the family gotcha. um you know in some tribal cult- cultures you know if if great grandpa says that someone gets to be put to death they're put to death mm. um and and that's you know that's where all the power really resides i think because of the nature of it it doesn't tend to be quite as um huge as um, we saw with the Roman Catholic Church and what we've seen now with the modern uh, state. Oh, real but quick, I, think- I just thought of a, an example of family here in the United States, uh, mafia. That's that. That go. would be a a, a, exactly. a tyranny, Leviathan, but within the sphere of, of the family, a mafia that family. could rule a yep. whole whole town in the shadows yep. and like go. Okay, go exactly. ahead. Exactly, no, that's exactly right. No, I just you know I think you're absolutely right that um, the the state has used the sword. I think we have relinquished that authority and that and that and it can seem like it's so easy for them because they have guns because they have bombs because they have swords and and so on and but i also want to just say i think it we all three governments 
have to remember their limits. Mm-hmm. And it is possible for all three governments to over um, extend their authority. And, um, and, we, and that's still tyranny, even when the church does it or when the family does it. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we want to practice biblical obedience um, to the Lord who gives all authority and recognize that as we guard those jurisdictions um, by his grace, that is the way uh, to Christian liberty. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Toby. I think that's a great way to end this final episode. Thanks for having me, Joel. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.